Morning, John. Morning, Steve. How are you today? I'm good, John. Um, I'm customer number one. But uh, this is the obvious, brothers. I'm Steve, and he's obviously John. John. Uh, probably, probably I'll do that before we say hi, Steve, and hi, John. Huh? Yeah, kind of, kind of buries the lead, doesn't it? Yeah, it does kind of bury the lead, but well, it's not the first time we've ever done that. No, <laughs> no. So, so John, I had all kinds of interesting things to talk about in terms of pop culture and I've forgotten what they were, but maybe, maybe it had to do with uh, one of the things that I know you love to talk about, John is uh, Philadelphia fans. And there, there was kind of a, a series of things this week with the world series being in Philadelphia. Yeah. Lots of birds flying. Literally. Birds, birds flying. I do not think that's literal John, but okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's true. It's not literal, but no, no. Um, there may have been, but yeah, there but, were a lot of middle and, fingers flying, so that's more literal. Yeah, yeah. The Philly hello, as they like to call it, is that yes, that's right. Maybe that's the uh, you know we need a name for this week's podcast. Maybe it's uh, that's it, right? The Philly hello. Yeah, yeah. So you you want to explain this to our listeners? Well, it started with Mattress Mac after game three, right? After they lost, after the Astros lost game three, somebody was talking shit to Mattress Mac in the uh, breezeway or whatever you want to call it. And uh, the guy flipped him off and told him to go fuck himself. Classic Philly fashion. Yeah. And then... I guess on the uh, when the team bus was arriving to the hotel, all the fans were flipping like Verlander and everything off, and and uh, Verlander gave it back to him, and then and uh, it kind of became a joke, and a bunch of fans were coming up to the dugout pregame warmups and saying, "Hey, Verlander, come out and say hi," and he came out and waved to him and stuff like that, and it was like, "No, no, the Philly hello," and so then he'd flip them off and they'd laugh, and so. Yeah, the, the, they wanted the Philly hello from Verlander, so the fans, he's basically flipping everybody off, telling them hi. Yeah. The, uh, uh, all which, the birds flying. Which, uh, those who think that the Philadelphia fans are uh, nasty, uh, they found this to be, fit, fit their stereotype. How's that? Yeah. Yeah, they're very, uh, they're very proud of their were the worst fans in all the sports tag. Yeah. Uh, and, and and maybe rightly so, John. Yeah, maybe rightly so. They got an 8-0 football team. If you, go, if, you, if you go and do it, you might as well be the best, right? Right. Yeah, right. if you're going to be a dick, you might as well achieve at it. Yeah, yeah. So, so, so John, uh, one of those things we've talked about for some time is is uh, the Game of Thrones sequel, uh, House of the Dragon, not not a bunch of dragons, the dragon, and uh, you caught up this week with the uh, end of the series. So yep, I you, you've got I you've got things to say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. First of all, Renarius is a badass biatch. Oh, is she? Is she? 
bird, her own stillborn child was a pretty intense scene, to say the least. Yeah. Ugh. Yeah. <laughs> that was something. And uh, and then I also got caught up on um, Sir Loris's, uh foot fetish with the queen. Mm-hmm. Which was interesting. To say the least, didn't see so, that coming. So, so uh, we now I, we now we we now are able people to share with him what we couldn't share for two weeks. All all the bad hand and foot memes. <laughs> True. Yeah, so she it, does have nice feet. Stop! Stop! <laughs> uh, you're a pervert. We brought in a foot model for that, or those are actually her feet. I'm glad we're going. <laughs> I wonder if it's in her contract that she can't show her feet. <laughs> yeah. So you meet somebody, you're like, oh, what are you known for? Oh, I was in uh, House of the Dragon. Oh, really? What were you? I was the Queen's Foot for one episode. Yeah, oh, pretty, nice. Yeah. yeah, there you go. Well, God, you're famous. Yes. Yeah, well, uh, so, so, uh, what do you think about the almost two year layoff before we see the next episode? I mean, it's very typical Game of Thrones esque, right? George R. R. Martin, but aren't these books all written already? Yes, yes, the book's already written. So, what are we waiting on now? I know with House of Dragon that it was he was still waiting to finish a couple of books kind of drag things out and they end up making up their own ending right. well, books. yeah he's, he still hasn't written those books so yeah. well, what's the point of writing them now uh well he might have a different ending yeah, true yeah but uh i i i do not so, know the answer to your question john other than to say well maybe it's a matter of everybody being contracted getting back together uh but yeah, it, it, it is a little frustrating uh, that they've got us hanging here with a big war coming. And, uh, you know, we're going to have to wait a long time and probably have to rewatch uh, at least several episodes toward the end of this series to remember what was going on uh, when we get back. Yeah, could be a binge of the entire series before the next one starts, which yeah. I did like watching all three episodes back to back to back instead of having to wait a week between yeah. them so it definitely kept me kind of on the edge of my seat yeah did that, and, did uh, that you said you said you do not mean that literally right on the edge of my seat yeah you kept your eyes yeah. open as you yeah. lounged in your in your barca lounger in my comfy couch yes the comfy couch right yeah okay so so that's that's uh uh that John, uh, we need to have a talk about and to get away from feet, which I really didn't think you were going to go there. But I, I, our daughters are going if they ever listen, are going to to abuse me about this. But I didn't realize there was that significant a difference uh, in size between dragons. Oh yeah, well I did. I knew that Varus is. I think that's his name, Varus is uh the largest of the dragons but uh damon went and 
and uh, found whomever, which I think is supposed to be quite the beast as well. So, so uh, size might not matter that much in the next. Well, there might be one that's close to the same size. Okay. Man, yeah, he was. If I would have saw old big old bars there when I parked my dragon to go see uh Barris Baratheon, I would have I would have been like, Oh, nobody was home. I would have uh, went back and said sent the pigeons or sent the crows. Yeah. Oh, yeah. well I think I think once you land there and, and uh the big one is there, I think it's too late, John. Yeah. The uh you know trouble wasn't about to ensue. Yeah. Well, yeah, I, it did. It, it was not a good sign. No. And and uh, but it was hard to believe they were going to kill the young and off. But uh, well, it's game Game of Thrones, so people die all the time. Don't, you, you don't expect yeah, they, to die. They, yeah. They have no uh, no limitations on age on who gets the axe in that that series. That's for sure. Yeah. 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 Uh, yes. Uh, Rhaenerys uh, lost two children in in the episode, and uh, it explains why she had a um, not happy look on her face as the season concluded. So, yeah, yeah, so there, it was a very much a look, a look of all hell is about to break loose. Yeah, well, that's, that's pretty much what they uh, uh, they want us to think, anyway, right? Yeah. yeah, we'll see if cooler heads can prevail. She is she is a, a very smart and calculated um, lady, and, and she's. I think that's going to be a tipping point, though. Yeah, I, I, I think I think it left us thinking there would be dragon on dragon action in the next series very quickly on. Yeah, of course, yeah. Of course knowing it's them, they'll probably skip the They'll probably skip the dragon on dragon action. It'll be three years into the war and and blah blah blah. But who knows? All right. So so yeah, John, I wanted to talk about some of my TV viewing, and I, I don't know that you watched the Great British Baking Show. No, I do not. No. Okay. So the Great British Baking Show is in the middle of whatever season this is, because you know no longer are seasons connected to years or anything right and um they if you don't know how it goes john they they have a theme every week right so like three weeks ago it was mexican week and i guess paul had been to mexico that inspired him to ask them to uh to to make mexican dishes which first you do not think of Mexican food as baked is not really uh, a Mexican thing. But the second thing is you would not believe British people's concept of Mexican food. So <laughs> the one, okay. The, the, I think the one that goes down in history is the woman who thought she was making guacacolo or something like that. Uh, clearly had never heard of avocados or guacamole uh and yeah. and i and of course they, they pronounce it taco so one of the dishes they were asked to make was a taco <laughs> so they were 
tacking tacos all over the place. So it was it was just, and there there's lots on uh, Twitter. There was lots of bounce back, of course, about why did they do this? It's an abomination, and you know, uh, yeah, it was ugly. So that's that's one thing. It's pretty funny knowing where you come from with all the text Mex and everything. You 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 would you would be amused to watch what a bunch of British people that episode. Yeah, yeah. That was and then the next episode was Halloween, and they made s'mores or whatever they thought was s'mores. And of course, there's a whole Twitter thing about, oh my God, that's not a s'more, you know, a British biscuit with chocolate and a meringue in the middle is not yeah. it's more and so yes so they did these these things that were quote unquote s'mores but don't even have actual uh, marshmallow in them so yeah so it was yeah that one was pretty funny too is you you were cringing and uh, i know somebody said maybe this is their their uh, critique of cultural appropriation this season that uh, <laughs> 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 maybe we should all leave everybody else's culture alone but uh well i thought that was pretty funny too so uh, i thought i thought you'd be amused by 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 that that uh yes the simple american campsite treat a s'more uh here are people doing all sorts of hard work to make something that looks like it but of course doesn't turn out like it at all uh it, yeah. it was pretty funny yeah and, and you know they were, yeah. You know it's a it, it's a, a baking tent, so you know you know what they did to the marshmallow bed. They had one what? of the, one of those little, uh, I don't know what torch you, things. Right, exactly. There you go. You knew where I was going. Yes. So they torched yeah. the outside of the the middle to make it look all brown and everything, even though, of course, it wasn't really cooked. Right. It just had the brown outside on the on the facade. So. Yeah, it was like, oh no, don't do that. It's not going to come out right. But yeah, so yeah, it's been fun. Yeah. yeah. So, oh, John, we have thousands of games to talk about in college football. It's uh, that time of year, huh? It is. Uh, it's, it's starting to shake out, as, as one would say, for. Uh, how things are going to look towards here in the next uh, what couple weeks before the playoffs start as well yeah. before the season's over yeah, regular four, season I should like, say like four four weeks left the, the the final month here so the the speaking of the playoffs the playoff committee met in your old neighborhood of course uh, again and still right they've always met there in Grapevine um, did you have anything to say about their rankings this week I mean. Yeah, I'm kind of in agreement with you. I, I think they didn't give much respect to TCU, but I wasn't really shocked with the with the top four at all. Uh, you you were you were you were uh, not surprised to see Tennessee number one. No, not after beating Alabama. Ah, so so this this is the yardstick. If you can beat Alabama, you deserve uh, high high marks, huh? Yeah, I mean they were the number one team going into that game so why wouldn't they take over the position after beating them 
Yeah. And then Ohio State being where they're at, I, I see that as well, the, the two spot. Um, Michigan, uh, Ohio State game has definitely got a lot of juice on it. Um, oh, yeah. I don't, I don't know if we can get two one loss or a one loss um, Big Ten team in there. I think Michigan's going to have to, if they lose, it's going to have to be a very close, like 30 28 max um, defeat to uh, try and sneak their way in. And if Ohio State loses, I think it hurts them even more because their schedule's been a lot weaker. Mm. Has it? They play Notre Dame. I, I think if you could find a strength of schedule thing real quick, uh, I'm pretty sure their schedule's definitely. Uh, I, I want to change the subject on you here. Not the subject. You're 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 going down your Big Ten road there, but so is there a way a one loss team, say from the SEC, ends up? in the playoff and a undefeated TCU ends up not in the playoff. Can they do that? Oh, they can likely will. <laughs> I would. Yeah, probably. I mean, yeah. it's. That, that is, I don't that is what right, bothers me about TCU being seventh. Yeah. I mean, they're they're too far behind. They're, I mean, it's in the seventh position. You would think that that they're going to have to. They've got Baylor, who was at one point pretty decent. Um, Tech is four and four. Texas is five and three. Baylor's five and three. Iowa State's three and five. I mean, that's their last four games. They they do not have a big game, really. Nope. Until they get to the conference championship, and they have to hope somebody good gets there. Although I suspect, well, what we're going to talk a little bit about Kansas State, uh, Texas here in a minute. But uh, Texas is supposed to win that game, and that means the their opponent's going to be a two loss, at least a two loss team in the, in the conference. So. Uh, obviously, if Kansas State wins and remains a one-loss team, at uh, the Texas game you just pointed out, which probably is the big game next week uh, to some extent, uh, it loses its luster because they're five and four then, right? Yeah, and Baylor and Oklahoma play, so one of those teams is going to be five and four. Yeah. And they've already they've already beat Oklahoma, but I mean, if if Baylor loses that game to OU, which is favored three by three and a half points this weekend, yeah, then that takes more luster off the Baylor game. So they're probably going to be rooting for um, Oklahoma and Texas to win those games, just to maybe add some spice to those those games. But yeah, I think they're too far back in that seventh position, right? You know whether we agree that they should be in the seventh position or not. Yeah. And for, I mean, I just don't see how they can leapfrog like an, basically what will be an Alabama team is what it's going to boil down to. Right. Well, or, or, or uh, the Tennessee Georgia loser from this weekend might only have one loss. 
Right. And, and the other one will be undefeated. So two SEC teams are going with Ohio State. And, uh, you know, Clemson's in their way, though. Yeah. Um, so interesting to start with our, our TCU talk, right? What do you think about it? Yeah. I mean, we'll go since we're going to, since you touched on that Tennessee Georgia game, what do you think about that line in that game? Georgia minus eight. It's kind of a lot of, it's got to feel a little disrespectful to Tennessee, don't you think? Yeah. But I've heard people, well, everybody I've heard pretty much is is on the uh, tennis, take Tennessee in the points. So, uh, I, I think everybody thinks yeah. they're going hang close enough. So I, I know where the line sits and I, I know that that's well, and it, and it stayed where it is. So there must be action both ways, but yeah, everybody I've heard says take Tennessee in the points. If you're playing that game. Yeah, I would too. Yeah. But I'm not going to play that game. Well, Actually, yeah, I'm not is. playing I'll, it. it I'll it's the, yeah, it's the play of the week in uh, in uh, pigskin, and I'm not playing it. So because I just don't. It's kind of like the Alabama Tennessee game. I just don't feel like I have an edge enough on a side to. Yeah, uh, I think. Well, I, think I, I don't want the games. negative half point. So yeah, right. I yeah. think the uh, two score game is is too much. So um, for to start. The my first pick of the week. I am going to take Tennessee and take the points. Ah, oh, we're already picking. All right, Tennessee and the point. That. Tennessee plus that. eight, huh? Is that what you're still seeing? Eight. Yep. Yep. Okay. Uh, so you guys started. So that that's one big game. Let's go back to the Big Twelve just to talk about it. I I was surprised Texas is Kansas State absolutely housed Oklahoma State last week and this week they're home underdogs to Texas a three lost Texas team how can that be I don't know. Um, I'll, re I'll repeat what I repeated yeah, multiple Texas weeks. A... the metrics love Texas they do and they're 61.2% or 61.9% chance to win the game According to the matchup predictor, yeah, okay. We need to start tracking this matchup predictor. I think um, we you know, wonder especially how... on the ones where where it's opposite the line. Yeah, you know where we've had a few of those where it's like, oh, you know, this team's a two point dog, but yet they're a fifty four point favorite to fifty four percent favorite to win the game in the matchup predictor. I want to see just how accurate the matchup predictor is over the course of the season. Maybe we'll pick like, you know, five games a week to kind of track that and, and look. Yeah. I, I'm willing to let you keep the spreadsheet. So you go for it. Okay. <laughs> okay. Second, second game in the big 12, you mentioned the uh, Bay Baylor uh, Oklahoma game is in Norman and it's a field goal game. I, I I was really tempted to grab Baylor as one of my picks this week because really I, I I guess I don't trust OU yet. And as we talk about it, here's a perfect example. OU is a three and a half 
point favorite, and the matchup predictor has Baylor at a 52.6% chance to win. Okay, you, you got that written down? Yep. Okay. And an over-under of 61.5, which I think is probably low. Really? So let me let me do yeah. the math there. That would be a 32-29 game, right? Yeah, to be just under the under. Yeah. Okay. So uh, I know there is a third game in the Big 12. I was – what was the third? Oh, Oklahoma State, Kansas. Okay, this is the one – Hmm. Like I said, Oklahoma State got absolutely housed at Kansas State last week. Not clear they're any healthier this week. They're at Kansas, and they're two-point favorites. Kansas is a one-point favorite. Well, I'm looking at Yahoo, and it it doesn't it has a uh, Oklahoma State two. Uh, ESPN has KU minus one. Well, okay. Uh, does that even is that that much better? <laughs> I mean, Oklahoma. Do you think Oklahoma State's going on the road this week and looking a lot better than last week? They're they're really better. And what's your matchup predictor say? Fifty four point two percent chance to win. Oklahoma Ooh. State. Oh, it likes Oklahoma State. Who's now the underdog? Yeah, according to ESPN. Yeah. Well, and an over under of sixty three, which I think is also probably might be low. Okay. I mean, neither of these teams. I mean, they they score almost forty points a game each team, and they give up thirty points a game each team. So the game in the mid thirties would not be a surprise. No. So no. this, I, I think, the sixty three is also. Uh, a low number. I would take the over on both those games. Okay. So before we before we finish out our picks, um, big game in the SEC West. Al used to be, you know, the pre primo game of the week. Alabama is at LSU, and they're thirteen and a half point favorites according to Yahoo. What do you think about that game? Yeah. I think that's too many points to give up on the road. Um, but, I mean, yeah, Alabama's going to win that game. But I don't know if they win by two touchdowns. Yeah, you need two touchdowns to cover 13 and a half, obvious, Steve says. Yeah. Uh, I There was, uh, you know, I listened to shows this week just so I get it out. Uh, there was a lot of joking conspiracy theory that the committee made LSU number 10 in the country uh, rather surprisingly high so that the the uh, ESPN could say they had a top 10 matchup in their Saturday night game this week. Maybe. Yeah. Or so they could try and bolster uh, Alabama's There was that um, There was that argument too. Schedule. Right. There was that argument too that the back end of their picks uh, their their rankings uh, help bolster the front end uh, in, uh, you know, um, yeah, that they have all these ACC teams at the back end of the top 25 uh, so that they push Clemson into the fourth slot where they might not belong. So 
there was a there was talk about that so all right john we're almost out of time for the week <laughs> but, but, so let's go uh, okay so my my lock pick at this point with a uh, double asterisk around it is uh jmu is getting seven and a half at louisville tomorrow evening uh i don't know what your matchup predictors go and say but i've heard people say that uh jmu might win that game outright the problem is the double asterisk is JMU's starting quarterback did not play in their last game. Uh, he, he has an oblique injury that happened uh, the Thursday before the Marshall game. Uh, they were off last week. And, of course, in college, nobody has to tell you uh, what anybody's doing. Uh, but they thought it was a, a game-time decision kind of thing two weeks ago and with a week off. My fingers are crossed. If he plays, his name's Cintio. Uh, he's a senior transfer in from Colorado State who's like thrown 17. Well, he accounts for 17 touchdowns with one turnover. So they are a very different team if he's not at quarterback. But if he's playing, that seven and a half is way too much. And that's my number one pick. You want me to go again or you want to go? I will take uh, Clemson giving three and a half at Notre Dame. <laughs> oh, sorry, Josh. Or sorry, oh. sorry, Sean. Yeah. Okay, so you're 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 giving the three and a half, and let's see. That was at the twenty nine forty mark. Yeah, I got make sure the Sean marker is in there. Uh, yes, I I don't I don't think that's enough points. Uh, I I I just think. Clemson's a different level of team than uh, Notre Dame, but you know it's your pick. What do you, what do you have to say other than you're you're fading Sean? Well, I mean, I, I think this is kind of a shocking line to be honest with you. I'm surprised it's not a lot more than that. There must be a lot of Notre Dame money early on this game to keep it down because, yeah, I don't see it. I don't see how this is a as a a close game. Yeah. What's your matchup predictor say? Oh, um, matchup predictor says Clemson is a sixty-five percent chance win. Yeah, sixty-four point eight. If I if I was making an argument on the Notre Dame side, it is the problems with Clemson at quarterback, and uh, they won uh, two weeks ago when the backup came in, but he did not. His stat line does not look great. I think it was more of the spark he brought than anything. So, um, but I, I, I don't know that Notre Dame Notre Dame can't throw the ball, and uh, yeah. I think Clemson will stop the run enough. Uh, I'm not sure how many points Notre Dame scores. So, yeah, I I, I agree with you. Uh, Clemson Clemson's a side to have here. All right, push on. I'm yes. going to go to the West Coast, and I'm going to take Utah who's given 17 and a half to Arizona at home. Uh, yeah, I, I think Utah wants to kick ass and get into the Pac-12 championship game. Arizona has played better, but uh, I think we, we've learned over the years, and it's been reinforced this year, that playing there in Bryce Eccles Stadium is a tough place to play. And I don't think going on the road, Arizona is going to have a lot of spunk. So I'm I'm going to go with Utah 
at home, giving a whole bunch of points. Yeah, and I'm going to take UCLA um, laying the 11 at Arizona State. Okay, that's that's not good because I I, I think you probably heard that plane go over. Uh, that was my third pick too. So, hmm, that worries me. I I think I'm same pick. What's yeah, same. You know how this goes. Last time we did this, the the uh, yeah, I think I think we had we both had Oklahoma State last week, right? I think so. And two weeks ago, I think we had the same thing. But so I, I mean, it looks to be the side to be on. So I'm going to stick with it. I agree with you. UCLA only 11 at Arizona State, who I'm not sure what kind of shape they are, having changed coaches in the middle of the season. And UCLA, like Utah, is smelling a conference championship game. So uh, yeah, I like I like that. So. We're, we're we're in agreement on uh, on the on the third pick, and we can switch over to the NFL now, where we'll have to find something to talk about, huh, John? Why? Well, it's just, the games are it's just it's just it's just so blah. Yeah, I mean, and this week's schedule, I I looked, and it, of course, I texted you and said, you know, what what is the game you're dying to see? Uh, this week, what's the great matchup? And I, I think I think they want you to think it's Rams Bucks, two three wins team, three win teams playing each other. But uh, yeah, that's something to really get excited for, isn't it? Well, yeah, I mean, I mean, we we know the storyline. You got Brady, who uh, you would think would be worried about getting his wife back, uh, and the uh, defending Super Bowl champions trying to get the poop together, but. Uh, you know, who who cares if neither one of them makes the playoffs? <laughs> it's uh, you know, not, none of us are going to get too excited, and there are only a handful of decent teams in the league that you really want to watch, and they're not playing each other. And you know, as the Eagles showed last night, even when it, when the best team (air quotes) in the NFC, you know, is playing, you know, sometimes they're flatter than pancakes too because. You know, what, what are they playing for? Why, why are they kicking butt? You know, yeah. just trying to get through the, the, the weeks until some there's a significant game, right? Yeah. And that was, I mean, it was, they were definitely flat in the first half. Um, the Texans showed up, tried to play, tried to make it a game. But the second half just wasn't having it, wasn't going to happen. So, um, yeah, this week's schedule of games is, I mean, I guess really one of the best games is the four and three Chargers and the four and four Falcons. Yeah, ouch. Uh, yeah. Yeah, Char- so was it Char- Char- you, have you got the lineup? Is it still Chargers three? Yes. Yeah. So if I'm picking a game, I'm gonna I'll take the the home dogs there. I don't know what the matchup predictor says there. Yeah, what's it, it say? Atlanta, it has Atlanta has a fifty-five point one percent chance to win. Okay, you got you got you got to pay attention to this then. Okay, all right. I went I went one and one last week in the NFL on on pigskin. Uh, 
I was tempted to use the Eagles last night because I thought they were more than a two touchdown better team than Houston. But we've talked about this many a Friday morning. I, I've sucked on the Thursday night game, so I ducked. I faded Sean is what I did, right? So uh, I, I, I ducked that game. I My favorite game of the week is Jaguars at home getting a point and a half, I think. Uh, yeah. A point and a half against the Raiders team that sucks. Uh, so I guess it's two sucky teams, but why the Raiders coming east at an early game, which is famously a tough place to play. And I think the Jaguars are better. So I like the Jags uh, getting the points at home or the point, whatever they're getting and cross my fingers. That's That's my number one pick. And talk about quality games, yeah. So yeah. The last last few weeks, I've been looking at uh, five thirty eight, and and so let let's see what five thirty eight says about this week. What, what, what it what is the best game quality game quality eighty three Bills Jets they like as a quality I, game. I was just going to say that. That is the highest quality game of the weekend. Matched same number. Yeah. Titans Chiefs but you know that that's as I said and those you, are two of the largest spreads but it's but so crazy well and yes and the spread is bigger than what uh 538 thinks because uh I saw Tannehill whatever he hurt he's out for this week and Willis is playing and I don't think that's a good thing for the Titans Yeah, the Jets are 11 and a half point dogs, home dogs. And the Chiefs are 12 and a half point home faves. I'm going to stay away from the Chiefs game. I like the Jets to cover that 11 and a half. Yeah, well, the Jets burned me, Jets burned me last week. So I I can't I can't go there. But I I'm going to take uh, as my second choice. I'm going to go with the Bengals who I think should be bigger, uh, according to 538, should be 11-point favorites, and they're only seven and a half, the last number I wrote down. So I'm going to take the Bengals to cover at home against the Panthers, who are an unknown quantity at this point, uh, doing weird things. All right, I'm, I'm looking here. You got another pick? I got the Jets and the Falcons. Those are my two. Do I need a third? No, I just wanted to be at a third. Okay, so amazingly, according to 538, the lowest quality game of the weekend is Packers-Lions. Not amazing. I think that game is a real turd bowl. Yeah, well, but, you know, it's a a, a, uh, division game uh, between two teams with a lot of rivalry and everything. It's just kind of shocking to see that it doesn't generate more more than that. And, you know, I'm I'm going to go back to what I texted last night, and I didn't get a reaction out of anybody, mainly because, well, Josh, Josh was at the game and always says I don't care when I say things like this. But why is Fox and NFL promoing Packers-Cowboys next week as like the big Sunday game? Woo-woo! Yeah, so – 
I, I mean, they're showing I mean, they're showing the uh, Frost Bowl and everything from the '60s, right? And but the game ain't going to have yeah. no juice, man. I don't. I disagree. That's really? going to be. I think that's that's a letdown game for the Cowboys. They just they can. We struggle against the Packers every year, and now and yes, they were much better previously. But even when we had good teams, they beat us. When we've had when they've had bad teams, they beat us. They just – we can never seem to beat the Packers. And I think that is in Green Bay, isn't it? Or do we finally get them at home? I – Yeah, it's in it's in Green Bay. But, John – Dallas is the early three-point favorite. John, you're a Cowboys fan. Yeah. The rest of us don't care. Yeah. yeah I mean, I it, it has no – even if the Packers beat the Lions Sunday, which I'm not sure is a sure bet, they're only four and five, and they're still three games behind the Vikings. And what are they trying to get to the last playoff wild card spot? Is that and they won't make a wild card spot? Uh, three teams. I don't see how that's possible. Three three teams go now, right? Didn't they bump it to three now? Yeah, I guess, I guess they right now they would be chasing the 49ers, right? So anyway, my, my point is, as a Cowboys fan, I understand why you care and why you would like to rub their nose in the dirt. But why the rest of us, why, why is the NFL's promo game? I guess the NFL thinks we're all Cowboys fans. So. Bring eyes to the TV, my friend. But yeah, well, so I mean, there's still two huge fan bases, whether they're good or not. It's two huge fan bases that will get a lot of eyes on the TV, regardless of their record. Okay, well, um, I'm you're right about that, and I guess that explains why they're doing this. But I guess it just shows the, the status of the NFL that they go to two teams. One of which is significantly not good uh, as their promo uh, indicates the quality of games they have from a week-to-week basis. And, of course, part of that is the dilution with Thursday nights and Monday nights and all the other nights, right? But there you go. Right. All right, John, we're, we're, we're over our time limit, and we need to at least say a little something about the World Series. Which has been a lot of fun, yeah, but yeah, hell of a game last night. Yeah, um, tight game, three to two. Yeah, um, made a uh, McCormick made an amazing play at the in the ninth inning to to save a run, potentially save a run, which was pretty pretty awesome. And uh, the second combined no hitter in uh, World Series history, the Astros threw the night before that, so. I, I think it was summed up pretty good on I, – I was listening to a little bit of it on the way. I didn't stay at the bowling alley to watch the entire game. First of all, that game was took forever last night, second yeah. of all. So I listened to some of it on my drive back to the house. And uh, with the Phillies pitching – or with the Astros pitching and their bullpen as, as strong as it is, and then the fact that their hitters just do not strike out. Um, and then it, it's just a tough combination for Philly to overcome, but they just, 
hang in there. They are a very, very gritty, gritty team. Yeah. Uh, and I think I, I think this is gonna go seven. Well, you you have money on that, right? I do. <laughs> so but I, but I think it will too though. I mean I do like the matchup for I mean Valdez has been pretty darn strong. Yeah. Um but Wheeler doesn't I mean it's gonna be Wheeler and Valdez. Wheeler struggled in his last start. We, we we they can both deal, so it may be another low low scoring game. And but uh, yeah, I I really I really like the Astros. I, I don't know that it's going to get to seven. I, and yeah, I don't I don't know that the Phil I don't know that the Phillies have any any kind of advantage if it gets to seven. Yeah, they've, you, they've used game. no. Uh, I'm sorry. Wheeler's last game, he went. Five innings, only gave up two hits and had seven Ks. So, yeah, he's he's not he's he doesn't stink. No, Wheeler Wheeler is very good, but uh, Valdez was pretty good, as I recall, having watched yep. the game his last time out. But I, I I don't know who the Phillies throw on uh, on Sunday in Game Seven, and uh, I don't know the. Uh, everybody's looked pretty good for the Astros. This is just why they were the pick. So uh, it'll be it'll be interesting to see if it it holds up or not. But um, it's been fun seeing the games out of Philly and how crazy they've been. Are you going to go to the parade next week? If there is one? No. 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 Man, you really you know the joy of living in a city like that. You got to go down and you know climb climb a light pole and. Drink too many beers and shake your shake, shake your boobies at at uh, I, I guess Bregman is who we're shaking our boobies at. I don't know, but uh, anyway, you've clearly, clearly never been to the downtown Houston, have you? What's that? You've clearly never been to downtown Houston. Dude, I've been like I've been to a game downtown. Eight hours to drive down there for a forty minute parade and. Man, thirty minutes away from me. Yeah, I, 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 you know, you talk about curmudgeon, man. <laughs> Listen to yourself. <laughs> <laughs> I live in suburban Houston, and it's too far to go for the parade because the commute's too long and the traffic's too bad. I wish I lived in a city that didn't win. I wish yeah. I lived in a city with no championships. Yeah. Just saying, it just sucks to navigate that city. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, well, you, you know, you could go back and live in the Dallas Metroplex and not have a, a winning team. So <laughs> there you go. You're welcome. That's my shots fired. Yeah, that was real. Yeah. All right, yeah, that dude. Was real funny. <laughs> all right, bro. Okay, bro. A good weekend. The college football should be wild tomorrow. Uh, and um, yeah. We'll, yeah, keep our fingers crossed. We didn't even mention the Purdue game, which is probably best. I hear the weather's supposed to be bad in the Midwest. So, uh, yeah, I was. I didn't know if you were gonna. If I was supposed to pick another game, but I was gonna pick Purdue to cover the three and a half against Iowa. Really? Yeah. Shit. Does that Iowa oh. just suck? Are you are you are you trying to jinx this by doing that? Nah, I think you'll handle Iowa pretty pretty handily. 
Uh, I worry. Of course. What fan doesn't? You. Right? You're a pretty fan. Right. Like, just like me and the Packers, right? Yeah, well, you well, you you you're like that with the whole series. You're like that with the Cowboys. You think they're going to lose to scrub the dub when they play them. You know, no matter what. Speaking of which, are the Cowboys off this week? Yeah. They are? This is their bye? Yes. They have a bye this week. Okay. Which is right. coming at a good time. We get some guys healthy. Maybe Zeke will be back for week 10. Okay. Well, Pollard looked good last week, so I – Sure did. Don't, don't, don't – wouldn't worry that much about – yeah. But all right, dude. Here we are, four, 48 minutes in or whatever. But uh, life, life has been good. Yeah. All right. Have a, have a good right, one. Everybody. Yeah. Take care. Have a good weekend. You too. Bye. Bye, bro.